Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Richard McCallum, the editor-in-chief of the Journal Investigative Medicine, the main journal for the American Federation for Medical Research. Every month, um, we do a podcast to try to focus on new topics, uh, interesting articles in journals, and um, trends and important topics that are relative and relevant to our practice. Uh, this month is going to be very interesting because we have coming up in the journal um, an article uh, entitled uh, Wagovi uh, Semaglutide, a new weight loss drug for chronic weight management. And this is going to be a very interesting era uh, of a new pharmacologic approach to weight loss. And uh, we're very fortunate to have with us the the uh, lead author uh, of that article, which I said will be appearing in the Journal of Investigative Medicine coming up here in January. Uh, we have Dr. Gurdeep Singh, uh, the first author, and someone who was uh, able to make himself available uh, for our podcast, just as a brief introduction. Um, uh, Dr. Singh did his um, training in Georgetown University. Washington Hospital Center, where he did his internal medicine residency, uh, then did a fellowship in endocrinology, diabetes and metabolism at Penn State College of Medicine, Hershey. I think at one point he just mentioned to me that he was considering coming down here to El Paso in endocrinology, but instead has stayed in the East. His, his current title is a clinical endocrinologist, adjunct assistant professor of medicine, the Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine, research director and CME chair at Our Ladies of Laudes uh, Memorial Hospital, Binghamton, New York. He's very interested in thyroid uh, cancer, as well as his work in diabetes. So we're very, very happy to have Dr. Gurdeep Singh with me today. And uh, let me first of all welcome you, Dr. Singh, and uh, look forward to our monthly podcast and uh, you adding a lot of new information. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. McCollum, for uh, such a nice uh, introduction. Uh, and I think, uh, thank you for giving me this great opportunity to talk about my research and recent uh, publication. Well, what brought you, you know, on the horizon here is that um, we have a um, the global GLP-1 receptor agonist markets estimated to be in the U.S. around 12.7 million in 2021, and you um, have broached uh, the world here of uh, using glucagon like peptide receptor agonist, um, specifically Wagovi semaglutide uh, as a new weight loss drug for chronic weight management. Whereas in the past, of course, we combined these GLP-1 agonists in the management of diabetes. So perhaps you could review for us um, all these trials, sustain, pioneer, step, and uh, give us some concept or some um, sort of perspective on where we are and um, 
results, the, the highlights of your work in the paper that's going to be published? Um, sure, yeah. So I think uh, uh, let's start with the, you know, uh, overweight and obesity itself. And uh, it's, a, it's a big problem, it's a big challenge, and uh, you know it very well too. Uh, worldwide, compared to 1970s, the prevalence of overweight and obesity has gone up. Uh, it's tripled now. 40% people are overweight and 13% people are obese. And these numbers are rising. And we are not just talking about the number here. You know, We are not just talking about the BMI 25 or 30 or 40. These, uh, there are complications. You know, obesity causes a lot of problems. Diabetes, blood pressure, cholesterol, obstructive sleep apnea, arthritis, <clears throat> certain kind of cancers. It will also shorten the lifespan. So, you know, there is a huge uh, problem here and there's a lot at the stake right now. And uh, if we go at the history, uh, you know, we didn't have too many medications to offer uh, to our patients. Yes, we did our part. You know, we told patients that, you know, you need to eat healthy and uh, you need to exercise. But, you know, if you see over 30 years, now we have, you know, so many food choices. There are palatable foods all around and, uh, and some of them are highly dense in calories. So um, I think it's very easy, uh, you know, to eat more. And uh, with the lifestyle now we have, we are not exercising uh, that much. So obviously the results are now we have more overweight and more obesity. Uh, good thing is we started having few medications, uh, you know, uh, to help with the weight loss. And the most important thing about these weight loss medications were that, you know, they were able to help patients to lose weight. So when we use these medicines with the lifestyle modification, they were able to, you know, lose weight. But then the problem was we could use some of these medications for short term, not long term. And what happens when patients stop they gain the weight back again. And uh, I think the best thing which happened is GLP-1 analogs came in the market. And uh, I think best out of all of them is uh, look like is uh, semaglutide uh, or Ozempic or Vigovi, and I'll tell you in a, in a minute why, uh, you know. But I think before that, I would love to talk about this uh, GLP-1 hormone so that people can understand why this drug could be a game changer, you know? Uh, as I said, we always said, eat less and exercise. But, you know, when we do that, we start feeling more hungry. A body fights back and we're like, oh my goodness, I need to eat something. So, you know, so this medicine, semaglutide, you know, helps us to feel full uh, because it works on this GLP-1 uh, hormone which is secreted mainly predominantly by the small intestine. Small amount is in, uh, also secreted by the pancreas and brain. Uh, and it's, the level stays very low. You know, when you are uh, not eating anything, the level stays very low, but when you eat, the level goes up and then it does a lot of things. First thing it does is goes to beta cells and help to increase the amount of insulin. And that, in, that effect is very important. It's called, in, 
increase in fact, that means increase in the production of insulin in this, uh, you know, in the setting of GLP-1 hormone. It also goes to the alpha cells and tell glucagon to go down. You know, that's how it improves the glucose level, improves, uh, you know, beta cell and uh, alpha cell function. But then it goes to the stomach and says, you know, all right, we're going to decrease the capacity so we are feeling full. So we know when to stop, you know, and uh, I think that's the, that's the major effect there. It also acts on the brain. Uh, also, it has some receptors there. It has receptors on the heart and kidneys also. So, so that's the, you know, a little bit physiology of GLP-1 um, hormone. And I can definitely jump into, you know, all the trials now uh, yeah. about well, um, relative to that action in gastroenterology, of course, we see a lot of the sequelae of GOP1 agonists. We see delayed gastric emptying, early satiety, fullness, even nausea. So uh, that, that's definitely part of how the GOP1 agonists work. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, why don't you go ahead, uh, Dr. Singh, and, and jump into um, these um, synonyms, these names um, of the different trials that um, were summarized in your article. Sure, sure. So I think first uh, I would like to talk about, you know, the sustained trials. Mm -hmm. So sustained trials are actually, you know, semaglutide unabated sustainability in the treatment of type 2 diabetes. So in this semaglutide was tested in the form of an injection at, at a dose of 0.15 milligram or one milligram. And these were big trials. They were like multinational, multi-center, randomized controlled trials. They were total 13. Um, to avoid duplication, I uh, you know, reviewed 10 of them. And uh, in this semaglutide as an injection was compared to placebo, compared to other GLP-1 and other anti-diabetic medication. And in all of them, or I would say most of them, we found that semaglutide did a great job in causing weight loss. Uh, for example, you know, sustained three trial, uh, we compared it with exanatide and weight loss was 5.6 kilogram with semaglutide compared to 1.9 kilos. Uh, then we compared with another GLP-1 analog dulaglutide, and the weight loss was 4.6 kilos compared to 2.3 kilos. And then we compared it with uh, liraglutide, which was the which is the only GLP-1 analog, you know, FDA approved for weight loss before semaglutide, and uh, the difference was 1.9 kilograms with liraglutide versus 5.8 kilograms. So we definitely saw that this was causing much more weight loss compared to other GLP-1 analogs. And it also had a better A1C reduction. <clears throat> what, was the the average, uh, what was the average duration of these trials? What time frame are we talking about? You know, uh, these were not very long trials. We had, you know, trials lasting like, uh, uh, I think, uh, 30 uh, to like 60 weeks, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, on the other hand, we had pioneer trials now where semaglutide, same molecule, 
was uh, you know tested in the form of a tablet and it's the only glp1 in the form of tablet and the common name is ribalsis but absorption is not very good so you are requiring higher dose you know uh, 3 milligram 7 milligram 14 milligram again multinational you know uh, randomized control trials multiple center large patient population uh, and we found that even in the form of tablet, you know, semaglutide uh, did a great job uh, in A1C reduction and uh, body weight reduction. Obviously, when in, the, in my article I compared, even though there's no direct study, uh, I indirectly compared and found that, you know, injectable uh, form is doing better for A1C and, you know, body weight reduction compared to uh, oral tablet. Um, so when uh, we saw these results, and obviously, you know, then came the STEP trials. Uh, STEP trials uh, were four trials, and I think fifth one, um, results are just getting published. And in that, now our focus was, you know, for weight loss. Previously, we tested this medicine in patients with type 2 diabetes, and now we are testing this medicine just for weight loss. So, mm -hmm. you know, most of the patients in STEP trials didn't have uh, diabetes except step two trials. In that patient did have, you know, diabetes. And uh, the results were really good in this trial. I mean, uh, you know, if you look at the numbers in step trials, and by the way, step trials, you know, the length was uh, 64 weeks for uh, most of them except the step five trial. Mm -hmm. And that was you know, average 104 weeks because we wanted a long-term medication. So um, here, and you would see also, you know, step uh, one, 32% um, lost more than 20% body weight. And uh, step two, 13% uh, lost more than 20%. And step three, 35% lost more than 20%. And, uh, you know, this this amount of weight loss we see with bariatric surgery, you know. So if somebody uh, is losing that much amount of weight, I, I think it's really really good for overall, you know, obesity related complication and for the patient too. Uh, step five trial, which was a final trial, uh, they're not published yet, uh, but we this was the longest trial and there was a fifteen point two percent weight loss, this was on their uh, website of the drug company. So do you see um, the future here as being uh, once a week subcutaneous injection as has been used, utilized or published, or do you see a movement towards uh, oral use of these agents? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, uh, there has been studies done before, and uh, if you ask somebody, would you like an injection or a tablet, I think the answer is going to be, I would love tablet. Uh, but, uh, you know, injectable uh, is giving superior results. So I think from patient perspective, yes, uh, you know, tablet, but I think uh, uh, we may need to tell patients, you know, uh, that injectable may be superior. So, you know, uh, so that they can make an informed decision. But I think tablet versus injection, I think both going to do uh, well, uh, and once weekly is great because other GLP-1 
analogs, uh, which is lidaglutide slash sexanda is once a day, which is much better. Uh, you know, once a week is much better than once a day. So is it approved officially as a sub -Q uh, injection right now? Is What's the official FDA approval? Uh, yeah, so FDA already approved, uh, you know, semaglutide a few months ago um, as a common name of Vigovi. Uh, you know, uh, semaglutide, which is Ozempic, we are using for management of diabetes. Um, the dose is a little bit different. We start with 0.25 every week for four weeks, then we increase the dose to 0.5. And then, you know, we can go to a max dose of Ozempic, one milligram, but Vigovi is a little bit different. Here we are starting with 0.25, and then we can go up to a max dose of 2.4 milligram. So you start at 2.5, you're saying? Uh, so with the Vigovi? Yeah, with Govi. Vigovi, yeah, the max dose is 2.4. So you start with 0.25, then you go to 0.5, and then you go to one milligram, then 1.7, and final dose is 2.4. Per week? Per week, yeah. And there's no, um, there's no limit. This can be used uh, chronically. There's no indication of any long-term concerns or issues. I think that's another great question. I think the history speaks itself. If you see now Ozempic or semaglutide for management of diabetes has been in the market for a long time, many years now. And we have been using these drugs uh, on patients, and uh, you know, we we haven't seen any major concern. Matter of fact, I would say it's other way around because uh, you know the major cause of death in patients with obesity is cardiovascular diseases, you know, yeah. and uh, other weight loss medications. You know, they are not giving in this additional benefit of cardiovascular safety, uh, but GLP-1 analogs are giving and. Uh, on the same line, the sustained six trials, uh, it was a large trial, more than 3,000 patients, where they compared, you know, semaglutide with placebo in high-risk patients. And they found that, you know, in that trial, uh, the rate of cardiovascular death, non-fatal myocardial infarction, non-fatal stroke was significantly lower. So not only, you know, we are improving the complications, the body weight, we are also giving protection against cardiovascular risk. And that is, um, you are promoting it along with lifestyle, but you're saying uh, that semaglutide may have a unique effect on cardiovascular uh, components, although you are promoting lifestyle changes as well. Exactly. I would say, you know, the lifestyle uh, changes, you know, eating healthy, and exercising, uh, gonna always trump everything. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, uh, these medications then definitely help patients, uh, you know, to go uh, not just one step, I would say 10 steps further. Mm -hmm. So uh, initial trials, uh, like sustained pioneer, there was no major, uh, you know, uh, concern about what was lifestyle, but in the step trials where they looked into weight loss, that definitely lifestyle modification was part of it. So tell us a bit about the reality of uh, costs here. Is this gonna be a challenge for the average patient as far as trying to afford this um, agent? Do you have any 
insights you're in practice there in uh, Laudy's uh, medical center there in Binghamton. Uh, have you had any feedback or any um, insight about how this agent is being um, economically tolerated by your patients? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that, that's another great question. So uh, I would tell my fellow clinicians who are just like me, you know, treating diabetes every day, uh, you know, one that uh, the coverage of uh, any new medicine when it's, you know, in the market is a challenge. Mm -hmm. And then coverage varies a lot from state to state, you know. So uh, in New York, uh, somehow I'm seeing that uh, it is getting approved, not every patient, but a lot of patients. And uh, uh, so I think uh, maybe insurances are trying to uh, pick it up as far as uh, now I'm not talking about Vigovi as far as Ozempic is cover, uh, coverage is concerned, you know, that has uh, improved significantly in last, uh, you know, 12 to 18 months. So I'm hoping coverage for Vigovi will continue to, uh, you know, uh, get better, but the cost is definitely a challenge. You know, these are not uh, uh, cheap drugs. Uh, cost is definitely a lot. And uh, I think those patients who maybe just need to lose, uh, you know, five pounds, 10 pounds, I would say maybe you just need to sit with them for five more minutes and see, is it their donut or is it their, you know, ice cream, which needs to be stopped rather than, you know, using these uh, expensive medicine, which can cost thousands of dollars uh, a month and, uh, you know, hundreds and thousands if used for long-term. So uh, what what work are you doing now, or what what area is this field moving into? What what do you see um, as the sort of next steps here in the GLP one um, diabetes weight loss world? Uh, what what are you seeing out there as the next frontiers of research? Um, yeah, so you know, the, I think a few new exciting things are happening. One previously. You know, we had weight loss medication, but we didn't have a strong one. Now we have strong GLP-1 analog. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that can cause significant amount of weight loss. That's a good thing. I think new GLP-1 analogs uh, will be seen in the market. That's my prediction. And uh, there are, there's a new GIP plus GLP-1 analog, uh, which is about to come in the market. And, uh, you know, uh, some of the basic results on that medicine um, have been great. And uh, I think uh, GLP-1 alone or GIP plus GLP-1, where the market is heading for. Well, Dr. Singh, this has been very interesting. Um, you're from India. I'm from Australia. And I need to tell you that Australia is... Uh, taking care of England very nicely in the cricket tests in, in, I'm from Brisbane. So the first one was in Brisbane. My sister was very happy. Uh, we took care of things there, but uh, India has been the gold standard in cricket for quite a while. So we're gonna, we're gonna rev up and take care of India next. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I think India is doing really well right now. <laughs> anyway, um, we certainly enjoyed meeting you, and um, I hope your career there at uh, at uh, Lake Era College of Osteopathic Medicine and uh, Lady of Laudy's uh, Memorial Center goes well. 
Um, I hope you join the AFMR if you're not already a member. Continue to publish, encourage your colleagues to join AFMR and um, attend our meetings. I think that would be the next step to continue your career, which is certainly off to a great start. And we congratulate you on your publication coming up in the January issue of Journal of Investigative Medicine. Thank you. Thank you. Please continue your work and may you have a great holiday season. Best wishes and good health for 2022 to you and to all our listeners and all the AFMR membership and world. I also wanted to take a minute to give a special thanks to Karina Espino. Karina has been the right-hand person that's made these podcasts possible. She's going to be launching into a, another part of her career. We may not be seeing as much of her on the podcast, but I'd like to take this minute on behalf of all of us at AFMR to thank her for making our podcast so successful. Karina, um, thank you very much for everything you've done for AMFR and uh, particularly for our podcast. Thank you for the opportunity. Wish you the very best in the next steps of your career as well. So I think with that, colleagues out there, uh, we'll be signing off for 2021. Looking forward to reading Dr. Singh's article in January and getting uh, getting ramped up in the world of uh, weight loss and um, hitting the new year with new year resolutions to try to do a better job. All the very best. Thank you again, Dr. Singh, and goodbye, everyone. Thank you very much, Dr. McCollum. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.